If you want to jump on and have a chat, this is Yay or Nay with Matt Nevitt, Matt Stewart, and our AFL editor, Mark Stevens. Matty, uh, the All-Star Miles getting a lot of people talking at the moment because of its emergency list and what happens to those horses that um, have finished in the top 10 but then elect not to run. Um, where do you sit on this? And then I want to get Steve-O's thoughts. Yeah, I... I've always I love the All Star Mile like everyone. Mm-hmm. It's 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 you know it's positives far outweigh the little niggles. But the one that I, other than the fact that it's run at wait for age, which I don't think suits the the tone of it, the mm-hmm. the battler sort of popularity, you know anyone can win type thing. But uh, I just what what happens, Steve O, is they they at, at a certain time, which was a few days ago, they published the top ten list of the top ten voted in horses. But you don't get to see. The next 10, for instance, the ones that might have got 3,700 votes or 2,800 votes. So in, when, when one of the top 10 drops out, you don't automatically get elevated as the next publicly voted horse. You enter a realm of uh, um, wild cards and emergency, hand-picked emergency runners based on prize money, which is a very wonky guide when it comes to quality of horse. It's not the be-all and end-all. So my argument is if it's a popularity vote feel-good concept, which is the way it was created and promoted, then first priority should go to the next most voted horses by Joe Public who are bothered to show an interest, not to wipe them and then just go to uh, a different criteria to establish who the emergency list and the, and the wild cards might be. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I heard you talking about this earlier. I think we're probably overthinking it. But I'm with you. It's a great concept. The vote's the vote. And it should be uh, up to the, the the leftovers from a voting perspective. If you miss out by a couple of votes, you should be first in line to come in. So sort of a bet each way at the moment, isn't it? I think it's a fantastic concept. Let's roll with it the whole way. Show us all the voting and bring them in as the public sees fit. I love the concept. I see exactly where both of you are coming from. I would probably say I'm not as strong as you... On that, though, I, I, I would say I don't mind the prize money argument, uh, uh, the prize money criteria for the next horse thing, because I do think it's important, Maddie, that the race has uh, a lot of quality in it. I think it's important that the All Star Mile is not just full of good stories, but it's also a really good race. I think that's going to be a really good race anyway. I know, but if you get five or six that are uncompetitive. On the radio. Then yeah, Steve oh, is just Steve-O's letting people know he's on the radio. The <laughs> yeah, some, someone's life. yelling at me in someone's yelling at me in Burke Street here, so I had to wave them away. What do they, they think they, about the All Star Mile? Uh, they think it's probably a fantastic event. <laughs> They're asking me for an autograph now. Oh <laughs> no, stop it! So it's a police <laughs> officer wanting you to sign something. But anyway, look, yeah. it's, no, it's, yeah. it's not a it's not a minor niggle because. I think the voters should be the first priority because that was why the race was created. Mm. Otherwise, just put on a good race, mm. you know. So anyway, um, I, I think it's something that maybe RV will probably have a think about and recalibrate. Mm. Hey, uh, Steve, a huge signing for RSN's Breakfast with Half with Jordan Lewis joining the teams, uh, the team each and every Monday to review the, the footy action. Um, big signing. Oh, it is. He's going to create some headlines, very articulate. He doesn't mind telling it like it is. He's fresh out of the game. Of course, four-time premiership player, Hawthorne and Melbourne. He's seen both sides of that. Interesting take on his footy this weekend. He didn't particularly, as he got older, he didn't particularly like going too hard in this last practice match. Obviously, it's self-preservation. And his theory is that you should have a cracky game, not have a week off, and then get straight into it. So he said he used to go very hard, but at the moment, uh, as an older bloke, you'd be just... Uh, Probably preserving where you're at. So he was also interesting on Clarko. He said it's going to change the entire mood at North Melbourne. 
And, uh, no, he's a really good pick-up for RSN. We made the Herald Sun today, so things are looking up. I noticed that probably Matty Stewart's moves haven't quite made the Herald Sun yet, but, so we'll get there one day. Yeah, that's a, that connection no longer seems to exist. Is Jordan Lewis your strong view on Alistair Clarkson and his rap sheet? Did, did that, I didn't hear this one. Did Jordan Lewis comment on, on that element of Clarkson? No, that's uh, episode two. We're keeping our power to dry on that episode two. He'll be back in uh, Tuesday before the footy starts, guys. So yep. we've got a whole backlog of hard questions for him, and I'm sure half will fire those through when it comes. Well, if he doesn't, I'm sure you will, Steve-O. Hey, just on that on that last point that Jordan Lewis made, as a footy fan yourself, would you like to see the season kick off the week after the pra- official practice matches? Do you think that would work? Um, the only issue is, of course, we've got Thursday night footy, um, you could have, probably have teams play the Thursday before. Look, I think we've got it pretty right. Practice matches for a long time, I think, have been pretty much a waste of time. Grant Thomas said about 15, 20 years ago that we should go in clean without a single match, and that would be even more exciting. I think the players are professional enough now with the intra-club. We should just go in without uh, any matches against each other. We don't want injuries this weekend. Just imagine the excitement of going into Melbourne Bulldogs without knowing who was who. Mm. Hey Steve, I haven't seen the 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 agenda for the season. It, those plugging every hole, like racing seems to do with twilights and night racing. I don't know the AFL has spread well beyond Saturday Arvo footy to Thursday night, Friday night, Sunday evening. The Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday uh, element. Is there any uh, more encroachment in those? In, has it spread beyond where it was last year across the week? No, not really. More Thursday night games, so that's growing. Um, I think that'll be part of footy now, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But um, we'll have our sort of Anzac Eve type matches and certain matches on eaves of public holidays, but they're not going too much further. It's not going to be like a footy frenzy in COVID, but I think Thursday night footy for me is a real winner as, a, as somebody you can watch on the telly, and I think that's here to stay. So uh, and, and a key part of the uh, next TV rights deal. So. Uh, Get used to it, four days of footy in a row, and we're loving it. Bring it on. Just for listeners who may not be as aware of people like you are about the difference between staging, a say, prime time at night versus day. Like, If you if channels, whichever channel's doing it, um, put a 2pm match on on Saturday, and if they put the same match on at 7.30pm, what would be the income difference, like the ratings and the sponsorship? How, bi- how different is it day to night? Well, right... Well, ratings or sponsorship, this is just a calculated estimation. I think it'd be at least double, maybe triple. Mm. So it's just a difference. I mean, Saturday afternoon footy, as far as an event on TV, is just about dead in the water. You've got your local sport. People are out and about with junior sports. So I'd say it's at least triple. Um, so that, that's the way we're headed. Uh, Saturday afternoon now is uh, more off-Broadway, no doubt. So Friday night, Saturday night, Thursday night's the big one. And even a twilight on a Sunday. But uh, times have changed, Matty. You used to go to the footy at 2.10, I know, down at Victoria mm. Park, sit behind the goals and do yeah. whatever you used to do With down Laurie there. and Pam so, Smith, yep. Yeah, Those days are over. Yeah, for the free-to-air network, Steve, I've given up on the Saturday afternoon time slot unless it's a, a marquee match. And, and they, the AFL tried Monday night football for a while. And it, it, it just, there was no interest from the public, Steve. Like there is um, you know, in other areas around the world, it just didn't resonate here, which probably... No, it's mate. good for TV. It's good for TV. Hard if you're at the school night. Everyone's sort of resting up, um, you know, with the social calendar like a Maddie Stewart. Normally, that's damage control by Monday night. So, mm. 
everyone resting up, and uh, we'll see how we go. Sorry for giving you a whack here, Matty. Yeah, no, it's yeah. multi-whack, multi-whack. I'll see you at the pub later. I, um, we will. You know what I looked... might miss you. You're in Kharki, so you might be camouflaged. <laughs> you know what looked, uh, you know, to highlight exactly what we're talking about was when the occasional big bash game was on during... You know, when you're flicking the channels and it's halfway through the afternoon, there's a big bash game on in, with, with an empty stadium. You know how some were forced to run during the day? They looked really out of place, the big bash games during the afternoon. Yeah, and I think night time's the way we're headed, no doubt, for all the sports. So, uh, so I think it's going to be a ripping footy season. And just talking in general terms, I can't recall a more even season. There's probably 12 teams that would think they're a chance to win it. And there's no real obvious wooden spooner either. So I think we're in for a great season as far as pecking. If you get on the tab, you can look at the unders and overs, season wins and ladder placements. I just get fascinating uh, season ahead, guys. Given your, you know, the data that you've got about night versus day, does it surprise you, forgetting about the night grand final, that uh, say a Cox Plate, it, it, to, it, to you, knowing what you know about how the AFL's placed, does it surprise you that the Cox Plate hasn't moved to night? Um, probably, yeah, from a TV perspective, yes. Night racing, I think it's the way of the future. What do you mm. think, Matty? I mean, you're a progressive sort of character. It's, Ooh, it's, but he doesn't like moving the pillars. Nah. Mm. No, and racing's different day. than everything I mean, else. Yeah. Racing involves animals and staff and time, yeah. and, and it's not always what's... This is the battle going on at the moment, versus, um, prime time versus participant welfare. So Yeah, I mean, mental yeah. health, big, and yeah. just being involved now more in racing, I'm just, it's extraordinary how accessible some of these trainers are and how hard the the jockeys work. So coming from more of a footy background, the work time and hours are are extreme. But I think for a couple of marquee events a year, we can get around that. Yep, for sure. Saturday night, Cox Plate, Matty, with the uh, the manicato thrown in. Do Do you think it will happen at any stage in the next 30 years? I don't necessarily think it should go that way because I think the, uh, the the stuff that works for footy and Big Bash doesn't necessarily, the same argument doesn't necessarily apply with horse racing night and day. Horse racing goes for six and a half hours. Mm. It's, a, it's a hard thing to squeeze into 7.30 till 9.30 prime time. Do so. you think it would happen, though, in the next 30 years? Do you think it is that, that it will happen? It'll be a big talking point and there'll be a push towards it. The reason why Mooney Valley had the best of both worlds in their mind, they had the Friday night mm. manicado and then into the Cox Plate day. Mm. Um, yeah, look, I, I certainly I certainly would be interested in it if mm. they did it. I certainly wouldn't say it's a backward step. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I'd be a, curious. Very interesting. Hey, uh, Sheffield Shields scores. Uh, New South Wales are taking on Victoria in Albury. Uh, New South Wales are three for 58 there. It is uh, day one in that Sheffield Shield match. And just on the cricket, Steve, are Australia home and hose against India? Uh, oh. Very dominant day yesterday. They lead by 50 runs. And they... Yeah, you'd never say that. I mean, they could drop. They could be all out for another 30 or so runs. If they can get another 100 ahead, I think it's all over. Mm-hmm. I think India played with an audacious nature. In fact, I reckon they got ahead of themselves, some of the dismissals. They've been obviously reading their own press 2-0 up and really played like a bunch of um, egotistical big heads, guys. And the Aussies sort of knuckled down and did what they had to do. So I think this, we will win this test in the series now is wide open. It could be too all. That's very strong from you, Steve-O. And I agree with well, all of those points. I agree with them all. Hey, uh, Steve-O, in, uh, enjoy the rest of the afternoon. I'll catch up with you in about half an hour down at Bells. Yep, we'll see you at Billy Bells. Or it was Billy Bells. It's now Bells. But it's a beautiful pub.